Three shots, four part, I just do two, one putt, part four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do, think I'll try to get on, into, start right, good line, good view, Andrew, shoot on McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Swanee's. Clear your closet and get ready to upgrade your fall golf wardrobe over at swannies.co using the promo code SCREWS25. At swannies.co using the promo code SCREWS25. Celebrate Pars. who Katie Calderon is. Hopefully we got that pronunciation right. Yeah, you got it right. So um, don't worry. So basically, uh, I've been playing golf my whole life. I started playing when I was four years old, fell into it completely on accident. Uh, we were on vacation and my, you know, my mom, I think she was pregnant with my little brother at the time and she needed to go take a nap. And my dad needed to find something to do with me and the hotel we were staying at had free golf lessons. So we went to one of those and I was immediately hooked, obsessed with the game. I didn't want to put a club down. The second we got back, I was asking to go back on vacation so I could play golf. And my dad had explained to me like, no, oh, you can do that here. And so that's kind of how I entered the game and you know, played competitively pretty much my entire life. I played, you know, middle school, high school, um, wanted to play in college, but ended up deciding to go pro on the long drive for a little bit. So I did that for a couple of years during the pandemic and then um, ended up, I go to college now for engineering because when I was in high school to, you know, I was playing, but I also worked in a golf shop. And so I learned how to repair clubs, fit clubs and things like that. And I knew that that was what I wanted to stay in when I ended up going to college. So I was like, oh, I got really into how they like how you repair golf clubs and how you fit golf clubs. And I was like, I want to be the person on the back end making the clubs. So I learned that you had to get an engineering degree for that. So that's what I'm doing now. And and I've you know started my own company making golf clubs, which is crazy. Perfect match. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much. Well, last week we had Jake Morrow. So I don't know if you know Jake, but he's um he's with Made for the Range. So he kind of is, it, it's sort of interesting. So he's like a club geek, like an absolute club nerd. And his yeah. is more about like, I guess, educating us as students on mm-hmm. on the game of golf and what the golf club does. Bryce, jump in. At, you, you talk to Jake all the time, but like more or less like what the different clubs do, the ball, everything like that, like whatever is in your bag and how it'll how it'll work for you. Not like brand specific whatsoever. Um, and that's kind of how he's building that whole model, which is which is kind of cool. So then it's that's awesome. Yeah. It's neat to then talk with somebody who's kind of on the other end with where you're not just building the clubs, you're actually like engineering them, right? So yeah, yeah. So he, yeah he essentially is like a like a free fitter essentially without being fit. Like he tells you all like what lie angle means, what flex point in different shafts means, what all that, what shaft taper, all that kind of stuff. And gives that knowledge to the public where most of the time people will have to go to a fitter to get that. To find out. Yeah. Find out what's right for them. That's essentially his, his gig there, which is awesome. I think it's fantastic. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned like the engineering Katie. So uh, mm-hmm. TAMU. Is that right? TAMU? I yeah. That earlier. Texas so, A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M University student, uh, engineer student. So are you still in school right now? Yeah. Yeah. So I just finished up. I literally had a final yesterday. So I finished up okay. the semester yesterday. I've got a little bit more time, but um, school has really fostered an environment for me where I can go to school and start my business. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I participate in a couple different student incubator programs. So it gives you access to people in industry and then people who have 
started their own companies and sold them. And then they do a whole bunch of different university competitions for funding and stuff. So I've won quite a few of our university competitions now, which has gotten me the, the funding I needed to actually start production. So we're, we're full blown player testing phase. I think the, today that the player test I was at right before this kind of confirmed that I'm moving out of the R and D side into more of, okay, let's prep this for manufacturing, oh, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's super exciting. It's, it's incredible. It's been probably about a year and a half of working on it to like go, 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 but I've had the idea forever. So it's, it's kind of just what I'm working on is, like a culmination of my entire life, which feels weird to say like 23, but it's, it's just awesome. No, it sounds like if it's something that you knew you wanted to get into and now you're finding the way, like in my professional life away from this, like I write grants all the time at work. So it's, it's kind of cool how you see those things become successful and then you can kind of put those into what you're trying to do, which is really cool. And that's how you're kind of, it sounds like that's how you're getting your funding to be able to build them. Right. So, um, yeah, is it just the putters right now that you're doing? Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm kind of more focused on putters cause that's where I started and that's kind of where club design started for me. So like two or three years ago now, I was in a class and, you know, we're in just like your first engineering class ever. And my professor, you know, they go around the room and they ask, okay, well, why do you want to be an engineer? Why do you want to be an engineer? And people are saying, oh, you know, I want to you know, work for you know, big software companies or I want to work in tech. I want to do whatever. And, and my answer was so out of left field for my professor. I was just like, oh, I want to build golf clubs. And my professor kind of looked at me and she was like, you should that seems like something you could like, you should just try it. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, okay. So I had a small TikTok following at the time. I think I only had like 10,000 followers maybe that I had gained over that summer building a golf club table and just posting little golf videos, talking about my life experience and stuff in golf. And I ended up uh, posting a video of me, you know, Hey, this is me trying to build a putter. And at the time, I only had a 3D printer, so I was just 3D printing a putter, and it blew up. And from mm-hmm. there, I started doing a whole bunch of different designs, and I was teaching myself how to design putters just by you know looking at how other things are designed in my golf shop and taking measurements off of clubs that way to see like okay, like these are the rules. And then I you know read the USGA handbook front and back to see okay, can I make a USGA regulation putter out of 3D printed parts? And ended up doing that and kind of put the whole journey on on TikTok and blew up from there. Yeah, it came across my for you page, so it definitely blew Did up. Did it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so. funny. Yeah. Sorry, I'm plugging my phone back in. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah, it was no, it was it was definitely a, a crazy, crazy journey just getting to the to that. And then from there I was like, well, now I know how to make putters. And I did a little bit of time in in industry doing a bunch of different internships in putter R and D. And from there, I really learned how the industry made putters and how it was a little bit different than I was approaching it. And I'd always had this idea for you know, the club that I'm making now and and making equipment for women because as a kid, I always struggled with finding clubs. And even to this day, like I have to spend you know a few hundred dollars more to get my clubs to work for me. So I wanted to kind of make uh, and you know I'm starting with putters because that's what I know how to build and where my you know last few years have been in and kind of designed a putter around that thinking. So. We de- yeah, there's, I, sorry, I have a lot of questions here. This is, no, you're this good. Is Please, really, yeah. So the, the materials, when you're first 3D printing, what materials are mm-hmm. you using? So 
just basic 3D, 3D printing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like filament. Yeah. And buying yeah, you're rolling off with of the 3D film. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could roll some putts with that. I was playing rounds with that for like a year because awesome. I, I thought it felt cool and, and it, it looked cool and, and people loved it. Every time I went out somewhere, everyone wanted to try it. I was like, yeah, please. Yeah. Like, what like, would it be? What would it be deal. similar to? Nothing, uh, I guess, kind right? of like a nothing. I mean, it, yeah. it's like, imagine if an entire putter was made of a face insert. Mm, and that's okay. pretty much what it was, but a little bit different because I'm using very cheap plastic material. I think probably in total shaft, grip, everything, it cost me under $30 to make that. Yeah, I'm surprised putter. it held up so well, honestly. But Yeah, I still play with it. It's still in my bag today. Oh, like I, I bring cool. it around with me and sometimes I'll hit a five-footer with it. But yeah, it, it still holds up. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just... I don't know to be able to kind of print something, glue it together, and bring it out there would be that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's, do you uh, do you get around Texas very much? We've got a uh, we've got a friend down there in, in Texas at Texas Tech. Uh, she plays on the, the oh, women's awesome. golf team. Maybe we got to connect the two. Of you. Her name's Lauren Zaretsky. For sure. She's the yeah. I'd love to have her test my stuff. Yeah, she's the Canadian uh, national amateur champion here, like uh, junior amateur oh, champion, wow. Canadian am champ. Yeah, and she played in the Canadian Open last year, uh, her first LPGA event. Had a hole in one in that event too. So hats off to Lauren. That's pretty good for her. Hole in one or very ever first, uh, very first ever LPGA uh, round, which was kind of cool. So um, she'd be a great, she'd be, oh yeah, she'd be a great one to have roll it. And maybe she wouldn't be too far from you. She's at, I'm pretty sure she's Texas Tech. Um, yeah, she's she's out in Texas. So she's probably yeah. like six hour drive, but I have a bunch of friends that I know that go up and back, so yeah. I can probably hop out there. I yeah. forget it's like it's like up here in Canada, everything's so far away. But yeah, te- like te- Texas is <laughs> Texas is the same way. It's kind of big too. But like here, here people are like, oh, like do you ever go play Cabot? And I'm like, uh, Cabot's like 18 hours away from me here. Yeah. It's not that close at all. But but that's that's really cool. Like to be able to actually kind of roll them. So where are we at now with the production of the putter? So right now it's like. The putter that I'm making now is not 3D printed at all. I went more of a, let, let me manufacture it like the real guys do. Let me make it a, you know, a putter that is unique and different and going to be, you know, what I like to think of is, is game changing with the, the technology that I've come up for it. So it's right now, right at the end of the R&D phase, it's really like, you know, we're going full-blown player test. So like I posted something earlier this week, yesterday or a couple of days ago saying like, Hey, like I need player testers. Like I I want you to try it out so that I can get real people feedback because the club is so based on, you know, I, I, it can feel amazing to me and I think it's the greatest thing in the world, but I want, I want to know what everyone thinks of it. And I want to make sure I adjust it so that it feels good for every single person. Mac here from Manscaped, the best in men's grooming. We are back with a limited time offer on the performance package 4.0 if you're not watching this on youtube or on instagram or somewhere that we have this video posted you should go look because i'm going to show you everything in each one of these lineups the performance package 4.0 comes with the crop reviver the crop preserver the weed whacker for the nose this thing would take down eugene levy and the lawnmower 4.0 we scroll down to the platinum package it includes the crop preserver that we already talked about. You can't see it in the screen. Over there is a crop reviver, the body wash, shampoo, and conditioner, plus the deodorant, said weed whacker, said lawnmower 4.0. And on top of that, you're going to get free boxers, my favorite pair of all three pairs that I own, my favorite toiletry bag of two toiletry bags that I own, Free shipping plus 20% off using the promo code OTSGOLF over at manscaped.com or manscaped.ca. 
the best in men's grooming. Let's get to the back nine. We'll see you uh, there. So that's kind of what we're in is just the minor tweak phase and, and having people try it and, and see how they like it. I think you had a link posted yesterday too. So maybe I'll grab that. Yeah. I can even drop yeah, it. Yeah, I can shoot that to you. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can throw it in the show notes here. So anybody who might be interested in checking it out. Um, so are you looking for people like locally? Are you shipping them out if people are interested? Are you sending heads out? What's How does that work for you, Katie? So trying to figure it out right now. Um, I've got one sample coming in in the next week. And if that's okay, I'm going to get the go ahead on getting a bunch of different samples. That way I can have it in a bunch of different heights. And then looking to do like two rounds, like a local round of testing and then a round where I'm shipping it out to people, you know, having them film it, having them go a certain way about the test and then shoot me back the putter and then the footage. And then, you know, talk and if they love it, like, you know, you can't buy that one because it's a prototype, but it'll be out. And, you know, I'm hoping to put it out end of 2024. See, that's where I am. I'm like all about the prototypes, though. I'd be, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want to kind of twist your like try and buy a prototype or something like that. I think that'd be really no, cool. No, totally. Yeah. If, if I could afford to, I would, I would totally be letting people keep these prototypes. Like every time I've given one to someone to try out, they've not wanted to give it back. So I yeah. you know yeah. it's definitely going to be That's a good uh, thing, though. That's what you want. Yeah, no, it's a great you'll, thing. Yeah. You want to fight for it back. Yeah. Exactly. Was there any um like mold that you were kind of building the putter off of? Like what did you roll before? Did that give you like any uh inspiration with the model that you went with or are you looking to do multiple different ones? Like I know you 3D printed it so you had pretty much you could build whatever you wanted, I guess. But is there anything that you're trying to kind of model it after? Or was it a feel that you felt like you were missing and that's why you built it? Yeah, I think um, what, the way I went into my putter is kind of two major influences. One was being my experience in golf and my life in golf and and my life as a fitter. Um, those were the two main things because me playing golf, I mean, I – I loved the game. I wanted to be as good as as I could. If I wasn't doing homework, I was out on the golf course. And as I got older and as I grew up, it got really hard for me to get clubs that worked for me. You know, I was 12, I think, when I got my first women's set. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I'm out of kids clubs. You know, I'm an adult. (laughs) I can play with women's clubs. And by the time I hit 13, literally less than a year, I couldn't play with the clubs that I had anymore. I had to move into men's clubs and I had to get super customized, you know, cause I'm like 13, I'm like, you know, five, six, five, five, like I'm not men's standard height club. So now I'm having to pay to get different shafts in them. I'm having to have the shafts cut down. I'm having to have them rebalanced. And so my experience having to do that every couple of years, just to be able to play clubs. And even to this day, if I wanted to go into a store, I could not walk out with clubs that was my major influence for coming up with my design. And the second was my experience as a fitter, because when I was, you know, fitting clubs, you see so many different people every day with so many different swings. And when, you know, I was always pretty much the only woman in fitting at every store that I worked in fitting. And when I would, you know, most women would come to me for a fit. And when I would try and fit women, I don't think I ever had a woman leave the store with a set that she could just grab off the rack. Mm-hmm. You know, it always had to be kind of a custom thing. And so in my mind, I was like, there are common themes here. Let me come up with something that fixes this. Yeah. Well, I know it's really early stages, um, especially just with having a putter, but in the future, if everything goes well, are you looking to get into irons? And like, is that in the, in the realm of possibility here? 100%. I want to have a full blown line. I want to be, you know, life goal to be one of the the top five, one of the big guys doing, doing, 
you know, all the sales and, and kind of dominating, especially women's clubs. And like the, that's the dream. That's the goal. And, and I, you know, I want to start with putters and then once the putters you know take off, I can use the funding from the putters to then kickstart irons, driver wedges, all of it. Well, I think it's good too, because I don't think, I mean, I know the big brands have their women's sets and all that, but I mean, there's nothing really geared fully towards women's golf clubs. I mean, TaylorMade has their box sets and Cal has their box sets for women, but nothing like you said, that custom fit specifically for women. I don't, I can't recall their company that strictly does that, which is cool. Yeah, there's, there's not right now. We're the only ones who are designing specifically for women. There's no other company that, that has like their, you know, is a women's company or does a specific women's line. So it's really cool to be entering this new area. And, you know, with talking with women, I, I do customer interviews all the time. I talk to, to different ladies who have, you know, struggled with equipment or love their equipment, but, you know, wish there were minor tweaks. And, and there are so many common themes from all the different women that I've talked to that that really drove me making the putter that I made because the original putter that I had in my head is so different from what I ended up making just from talking to all these ladies, but it still fits the common themes that you know I had in my life and that they've had in their life in golf. Well, I think too, like the variance between a putter is probably even far less than what you know a wedge would be than an iron long iron, driving iron hybrid to a driver, right? Because like I can think of like yeah. the tailor-made Calia sets and stuff like that, the box sets, like you mentioned, Bryce. But like I remember back in the day, I used to – I remember I thought it was so cool because I gamed the same irons as Annika Sorenstam. Like I loved Annika yeah. Sorenstam. She was the best. And it was the Callaway X Tours, and, and they weren't built for women. Like so there would be a lot of problems with young female golfers kind of growing up, looking up to Annika Sorenstam and – probably not being able to hit the same the same clubs right so i i kind of love that that's like a that's like a passion of yours or something that you're trying to build there's definitely a space for it because on a much different scale don't get me wrong like this is uh there's this is a a whole different conversation but like i'm a lefty so like it's hard enough as a lefty to get clubs but then when you so much further removed is like the female space of trying to get golf clubs and especially ones that fit and then as you get older you know you're swinging faster maybe you're not as tall Mm -hmm. like bryce is like six foot 15 he's so tall right and him and i like we we don't even hit the same clubs right so it's uh it's kind of it's i think it's a space that is untapped which is really really special i think that you're onto something really special katie that's so cool i think that a lot of people are really interested in it just for the fact that it's like clubs that are kind of being built for them right for you so which is which is cool i love that um I wanted to ask, so like the social, when you talked about social media and stuff, you've been on it since, mm-hmm. like for a few years, you said, I think it was two, like 2021 that it kind of blew up, like at the start of COVID somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was right around 2021 that my page started to really take off. And it was a lot of, you know, talking about my, my club designs, but then also talking about equipment because, right. you know, kind of similarly to your, to your buddy, I, you know, I worked as a fitter forever and I understood that most people don't understand what they have in their bag. And if it's actually playing for them. And so I, you know, started explaining it a little bit more and especially got into explaining it with golf balls because that's kind of, you know, the, the easiest part of your game to change, I think, is, Some people is say what ball you're playing with. 100%. It, it can definitely be one of the most important things. I mean, your ball is the only thing that doesn't change throughout the round. I mean, unless you lose it, but it's, you're hitting every shot with the same ball. 
So it's important to be playing that because, you know, you could have a super high swing speed and be playing with a super soft ball. And all of a sudden you change balls, you're going to be hitting, you know, 10, 20, 30 yards further. And so for me, it was really easy to kind of start with explaining that. And, you know, I'm hoping to move into more talking about equipment again, because I, you know, I explained equipment for a while, made my own stuff. And now I'd, I'd love to explain it a little bit more again to people. Well, I know you've kind of just touched on that a little bit, but how much did that help you in actually building clubs, having that knowledge in your background and kind of knowing what needs to be done to build a golf club? I think that that is probably the biggest influence on like me being able to, to do what I'm doing now is, is understanding how equipment is done from being a player, being a fitter, you know, all of it. And then, you know, having worked in design before, like to be able to understand like each part of the process to get it from an idea in someone's mind to something in your hand and having a little bit of experience in each area is, is probably the biggest help to me when it came to starting my own. Well, yeah, it's cool. You almost have it all. You, you're a player, you're a fitter <laughs> in engineering now too. It's almost the three the three keys to building clubs. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, it's important too, like you said, like you have an idea because there's so many there's so many brands where the engineer might not really understand what's happening with the club, right? Like I. I haven't seen it firsthand, but I've heard like Ping does a really good job with that because like their engineering team, it's all kind of like in one house and they, they're like really well connected with their players and they, you know, but I think as a big brand gets bigger and they can afford to pay an engineer or an engineering team, it, it might lose connection with like the actual golfer and what's working for kind of the masses. Right. But Maybe, maybe not. We're seeing so much changes oh. in golf clubs right now. It's it's hard to say, right? Like it's it's really hard to say. And then there's changes so constantly. And like we've been lucky enough to talk with uh, like a couple smaller like direct to consumers. Like Joshua Haywood comes mm-hmm. to mind, and he says like one of the things he said is like things don't change in the golf world that much. Like they don't change as much as you don't need a new release every year. And like obviously Haywood's doing incredible stuff too, right? So it's yeah. uh, it's kind of neat to have somebody and, he, and he's a player he's got a player background he fits clubs as well he had, has a bit more you know idea he's not an engineer but he has some idea with how they're they're built and and how they're uh like machined and all of that kind of stuff too right i think you you want that connection and that made me like that's why i have them in the bag that kind of made me have that kind of connection i wanted to give them a shot right so um i wanted to talk to you because i get like i'm not the only one but i get into like the deep rabbit hole of like the videos that you post with the ball cutting and the ball (laughs) testing, right? Yeah. So what got you started with that? Like what made you want to start testing the balls? Honestly, I, you know, I had been playing the wrong ball my whole life. I, when I played golf all through high school, no joke, probably until senior year, you asked anybody, anybody what ball I played, it was a Nike Mojo. I gamed those Nike mojos every single round. When Golfsmith went out of business, I was like 14, 15. I made my dad drive me to the Golfsmith and I bought them out of Nike mojos. I think we we came home with Ella. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm set for through high school. And and and, and I was, and I, I played them forever. I started running out middle of junior year and my coach found a box, a couple boxes that he had in his like garage gave those to me and I finished out through junior year. But like, that is a, like now, like in comparison at that time, I mean, those balls were a few years out of date. It is a terrible ball in comparison. Like you get 24 for 20 bucks. 
Like I was not playing a ball that would have helped me play well at all. And once I started working at the golf shop and, you know, you tell the reps like, oh yeah, I play Nike Mojos. Oops. They look at you like you're yeah. insane. Yeah. They're like, well, you, you don't play golf. <laughs> like You don't play golf. And I was a competitive player. I, I, I was always number one on my team. And I was, you know, out there playing with a Nike Mojo and all my teammates have, you know, Pro V1s. Um, I think TP5s had just come out at that time. A lot of people were playing TP5s. Like, you know, great balls. And I'm over there with a Nike Mojo. And it took our Titleist rep giving me an AVX for me to realize, whoa, I've not yeah. been playing with the right ball at all. Because when I when I got up with, there with the AVX, and I've always driven the ball far, and, you know, you're 20 yards further, I'm like, okay, I need to start looking at what I'm doing with the golf balls. And so I, you know, I did a lot of personal research, ended up with the TP5, was playing that my senior year. Uh, this is kind of the ball I played for a while. I, you know, bounced around. I love the vice balls. I love the, you know, the TP5. I I do like the Pro V1 sometimes, depends on where I'm playing, I think. But for me, it was really like, okay, now I kind of understand what each ball does and when I started working at a different uh, golf shop in college, they taught you how to do ball fittings, which was something I had never heard of. And so when I was doing ball fittings, then they really jammed down your throat exactly what each ball does. And I realized nobody knows this unless you go get a ball fitting or unless you're you know, a super golf nerd. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, it's time for me to share this information. So what led you to want to cut it open? Like, I feel like I kind of know the answer. You're, it seems like you're a pretty curious mind, but like what led you to kind of want to start cutting them open and going through the, the golf ball? Well, you can hear, oh yeah, this golf ball is a two-layer ball. It does whatever. This golf ball is a three-layer ball. It does whatever. This golf ball is a four-layer ball. It does whatever. And, and at the, you know, at this time, I'm, I'm right in the beginning of my engineering career. Um, and for a hot minute there, I was a materials engineer. Now I'm manufacturing and mechanical. Um, but during the hot minute I was a materials engineer, you learn about all of the components of a golf yeah, ball. I'd, I'd be do. in class. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be in class. We'd be talking about Serlin. We'd be talking about urethane. We'd be talking about, you know, the different kinds of rubbers. And I'm like, I need to hang on a minute. Like I know exactly what we're talking about. And you, you see that on the back of the box, but you don't really know what that looks like until you actually see it. And so I, you know, they're like, okay, it's four layers. I want to double check that. So you cut it open and then you can actually see exactly how it's done, which was really cool. Now you've like, it kind of grew into also not just kind of checking out like for your own knowledge, but obviously you were building like Instagram reels and TikToks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you've cut open like a couple like really old ones and stuff too. So did it yeah. become like a curiosity thing at some point where you just like kind of curious to see how many you could cut open and what all the different balls would look like? Totally. It, it actually came from people talking to me about balls that they played when, when they were a kid or, or balls that, you know, that you, they had around their house, stuff like that. And so, you know, someone told me, I think the, the really old one, the um, rubber band golf balls, like the Balata. I did yeah. not believe the commenters telling me that there were golf balls made of rubber bands because that was, you know, before I was born. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way. And so, you know, I, I happened to stumble upon a bag of, of really old balls at a Goodwill. And I was like, okay, like everyone has been commenting about these, you know, there was a Bolada ball, there was a couple old ones, like a, 
Um, and then some people were talking about Greg Norman balls, like a whole bunch of balls that I had never heard of because they were, you know, before my time in, in the golf industry. And so when I saw this bag, I was like, okay, like I want to understand what these people are talking about. So I started cutting those open too. Yeah. Right, what a difference too, eh? From back then to now, it's just, yeah. see how far they've come. It's just insane. It's first- crazy. I mean, to think it's only what, 40, 60 years yeah, from that. It's crazy. Yeah. That was one of the first ones that grabbed my mind. I was just trying to go back to look for it. I think it was like an old top flight or something like that from, and it had like a number on the ball. I can't remember where it was. I was just trying to grab your reel here, but I think it was 48 years old or something like that. It was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It had yeah. the 79 tag on the top flight. Cause I mean, top flight's been around forever. And so yeah. like, you know, when I get these old balls, I try and figure out like, okay, well this is really cool. Like it's very clearly a very old ball, but like how old is it and what is it, you know, because going into it, like, you know, I'm going to cut it open. I'm going to be curious about it. But when I talk about it in a video, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And so I do a whole bunch of research prior to even putting out the video because, you know, my own curiosity, and then I want to be able to explain it as well as I can. So like with that one, all golf balls pretty much have different markers on them that you can use to tell when that golf ball is from. I think Titleist is the best example with the Pro V1, the alignment line changes every new edition. Mm-hmm. And all the golf balls have, you know, either sometimes it's it's the logo has changed or the alignment line has changed or there's something little about it or they'll do indentations for that. like their own skews. And that's how you can tell when what golf ball it is and when it's from. And so I, I always look for kind of markers like that and then throw those into the search with it to find out exactly when it's from. I always, I was always curious about that too. Like when you see like a little letter on it, what it might mean. And mm-hmm. I've never kind of like looked into it, but, um, the other one I was, it was, I just found it. The one that exploded, you're like cutting it in like yeah. the backyard or something like that. So yeah, has there, has there ever been like a ball that you like have heard about and you had to like go on a search? I remember Rick Shields looking for like, I think Bryce, you ever seen this video where Rick Shields looked for like a hundred year golf ball or something like that and then played around yeah, with it? I've seen it. I can't remember what he ended up stumbling upon, but have you I've ever seen- was there ever anyone that you wanted to like find Katie to test it out? For me, it was definitely the rubber band ball. And I'm still kind of looking for I mean it's a newer ball, but those Atomax golf balls are definitely on yeah. my list. Yeah, I'll reach out to Mike. I'll reach out to Mikey and see if we can get one of those because he's they just they just tested those on the channel a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and they claim to be the longest ball, right? In golf. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they're claiming to be the longest, and and it's um the material that they're saying that's in it. The it's like a liquid metal or something. So I did a lot of research on that when I was doing um when starting to design clubs and when I was a materials engineer. I mean we had a whole two months of class pretty much designated to that. And so that's one that I've been very on the hunt to, to check out because I know so much about it. And I have thought about putting it in, you know, golf clubs. So to see someone do it in golf balls, I'm like, Oh, I got I got to check that out. Yeah. I'll have to, um, I'll have to go back and check out. I watched a couple minutes of that video and it's um like the claim is that it's the longest ball on the mm-hmm. planet right now. I don't know if it's conforming or not. I don't know if it's uh if it's usable, but I think yeah. it's also super expensive too, isn't it? Like it's like two hundred and fifty dollars. So for a dozen. Like, <laughs> yeah. For a dozen. And I was like, you know, maybe that's on my Christmas wish list, but maybe not, uh, because it's two hundred and fifty dollars a dozen. But the the way the technology works and the material specifically that they're putting in it to to make the claim that it's the longest, that that price kind of seems cheap. 
honestly, for really, for yeah. the metal, the liquid metal that they're putting in there. Cause that's like, that tech is way, way still like beyond anything in golf right now. All right. Well, we'll reach out to Mikey and see if we can find, no, it. Maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can get one and ship it down to you or something like that. Maybe that so. awesome, I'm sure maybe, they're locked yeah. in the, uh, in the vault at club champion, uh, Canada up here somewhere, but, <laughs> yeah, but I'm pulling this video up. I want to look at it. Yeah. It's definitely like a cool one because I think they actually like they hit pretty well. Like I think Ian was testing uh, it and he, he thought it was pretty good, but I just, I grabbed the ball out of curiosity. Now I'm, uh, I'm kind of nerding out. I know you don't have a ton of time, but like, <laughs> so this one says, z z or z zero would you like have an idea like what they mean or are they all just like based on what model the ball came out so this is a titleist pro v1 um is it so something what, for the yeah for the Titleist pro v1 that z zero might be like batch number but if you look at right. the alignment line on that one depending on what the look of the alignment line is that'll tell you the year okay yeah i know they all kind of change a little bit and stuff too but yeah so it just sort of that number on there is like the batch number if anybody's interested mm -hmm. okay that's kind of good that's yeah pretty cool. much that that number is like the batch number sometimes they'll have like a another marking number to tell you the year number you just have to do a bunch of research into how each company does it and then from there it's it's smooth sailing i'm sure they just i'm sure they do that to like back themselves like if something ever went wrong in a batch and they had to do like a recall or something maybe they could be able exactly whatever send it back we'll send you new ones yeah then they can kind of list it or something like that that's really cool that's because i can't tell you how many times i've been like walking down the fairway or whatever i'll just be like talking like to a buddy cleaning and, your ball and yeah, yeah. And like, what does what does that mean like what does that have yeah so and it obviously it doesn't hurt like the casing or anything with that but i um i found that to just be so fascinating though like watching those videos cutting into those like it must be for you you've probably done hundreds by now and and is that yeah, where you I think don't even know, yeah. do you think a lot of like the social media growth has come from that like obviously um like i'm not the only one who's kind of gotten that rabbit hole but do you do you get a lot of feedback on those like when you uh when you do that testing yeah yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, those are definitely some of my videos that perform the best, especially lately, like everyone loves it because you know, it's it's something that, that you don't get to see often. And, you know, I want to move into the realm where like, you know, I feel like if I were to do something similar with clubs, like people would be all over it because you, you don't usually get to see what's inside of a driver or inside of an iron or how those pieces work. And it's really just showing you like how each bit works. But what's awesome about the golf balls is you know, they're soft. I can cut it open. It's, it's urethane. It's surlin and rubber. Like I, I can easily cut it open. Uh, and I can't cut open a driver to show you exactly what's going on inside pretty easily. So it's, it's definitely something that's helped me really grow and, and, and teach people exactly what, what, you know, what, what'll help them play their best. Would you though, would you like, if you, if you could get to the idea yeah. of like, if, if, if I could do it 100%, yeah, yeah cause... I would cut open irons, cut open drivers, just show you piece by piece. Cause yeah, as a fitter, you get to see it. And sometimes you can see the graphics online and stuff, but you can't really see exactly what's going on. So like, oh, I wish I still had it. I, on my other desk, I have like an old, um, like someone came into the shop with uh, uh, Epic Flash, Callaway Epic Flash. Okay. And the crown had cracked off of it. And they're like, look, like, I don't want a replacement one. Like, I'm going to get a new one. So we, we, you know, we fit them for a new driver and he gave me the old epic flash and so the crown was popping off of it so i pulled out the face because it was the first time they had done you know the ai face the flash face in the back and so i i keep on my desk a little flash face because it's a reminder of like how much tech really does go into these yeah i'm kind of like now i'm looking at this like club at this uh 
Strix yeah. on Z585. So this is the bottom half of my, mm-hmm. my combo set uh, when I was playing the 785s. And, and it kind of just makes you think like there's all like you can see just kind of like inside the back of it. There's it's not foam, but it's like a different material than kind of the outside. I would love to just like see a video where this is just snipped right in half. Sliced in half. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see what's in there. That'd be really cool. Cause like you said, you can see photos of it. And a lot of the marketing um, from brands is they'll show you mm-hmm. that, but it's different when. You know, I'm watching you one of your videos. Together. And, yeah. yeah. Same thing with the golf ball. Like there's a photo of it on the box, but when you're kind of cutting it open, it sort of grips you and you kind of hang in there for that so you can see it, which is uh which is neat. I think you're onto something there. That could be a pretty expensive hobby though. <laughs> like yeah. know, even like with the even with the golf balls, like it could get expensive, but definitely if you're uh, I will say yeah. yeah. It definitely drains my bank account, but in the best way. I mean, it's it's just so cool to actually be able to see how it's made. I, I wish I could do it with the with the club and trying to figure out how to do it. That's when you enjoy it that much. It makes it a little easier spending that money. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not that big of an issue for me. I'm like, oh, it's just a dozen. It's fine. I'll play with the other 11 and I'm good. Yeah. Have you, um, have you had a brand like reach out to you and say like, we'd love you to kind of cut the ball open and, and present it on your page. Has that been something? That yeah. You've I've, I've definitely had a few, few brands reach out. I mean, like if, if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I, I want you to show it off 100%. I'd love to, I'd love to do it. Like it's, it's definitely something I'd be, yeah, I've done before and I'm, I'm always open to doing is, is because I think brands, you know, they show off their clubs and they do it great, but, but there's a way that creators can kind of talk about different equipment that, you know, brands have to keep up their image where creators can, can really talk about it and dive into it a little bit differently. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, I love to talk about the balls because, you know, no one's paying me to, to say what I'm saying. I'm just talking about them. Um, Unless, well, you know, gonna, the little thing says add, but the majority of the time I'm just talking to you. Yeah. I was also going to say people like hearing it from other people too, instead of company. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it, it hits way harder hearing it from, from someone who's not involved with the company. So yeah, no, 100%. And like, I'm always going to tell you exactly how it's made and exactly what it's doing. It, you know, I get a lot of my research from, from the companies and how they're doing it, but you know, you can really actually see it and see how you know how it's done. Because I've I've cut open balls before and they've been off center, and then that's a whole other conversation of how that affects your game. And so just to be able to really to talk about it and to show you exactly what this ball does step by step, like I love doing it. So when you if if we can just uh, I think we we still got a couple minutes here with you, Katie. Okay. No, yeah, you're good. Okay, so when you I'm when you put the ball in the uh, yeah yeah, so when you drop it in your in like the I don't know what it's called. I'm trying to see what it is right now. I got one going, but you you drop no, it in the, <laughs> you drop it in whatever it is about ba- like that balances the ball and kind of spins it yeah. around, right? So, um, is that just a? Are you trying to find like a middle point of the golf ball when you're doing that? Like, because is that just to show if the ball is balanced or not? Pr- pretty much. So, so that little machine will basically show me the center of gravity of the golf ball, right? So, when you hit a ball and it goes and spins in air, it, you know. It will wobble for a second, find its center, and then continue to spin like that. Physics. Okay. Um, and and so it'll continue to spin in a certain way. And if it's, you know, if your ball is off center or your ball is, um, you know, something's off with the core, then the ball's going to spin in a weird way. And so when I throw it in that little machine, it simulates, okay, I've just hit the ball. It's now spinning free in air. Okay. When it, it'll wobble for a minute and then get to that balance point. And so the line that I make on the ball is kind of the balance point of the ball, which is what I cut down. So it gives you the best plane 
a view for it. But if the ball was off center, it'll show me exactly where it's off center when I cut down that line. Okay. So when, when you hit the ball, it kind of like squirrels or whatever, it'll start to spin this way. Yeah. So the ball will rotate because you know how you get like backspin and stuff on the golf course, you you know? Right. So it falls in kind of a similar pattern because it'll wobble for a second in the air, find itself and then spin like that. So with the ball with an off center core, will it ever find its natural rotation? So it'll it'll kind of find a rotation. It'll be a little wonky, but that that while finding the rotation, it can, you know, cause the ball to go a little right, little left, whatever, okay. it, depending on where it's balanced to. Cuz I'm watching the green I got the Z Star divide up. Um that's like a really yeah. good visual one for people to see because it's obviously split right down the middle. Um, right. I played Strixon for the XV for a long time. So it kind of like, that's one of the ones that stuck out to me is it's almost like right across the middle of it, right? It's where the divide line is. It kind of almost goes right yeah. across the middle. So, um, yeah, it was weird. It didn't come down the, the line where the color changed, which were, I thought, were you right expecting that? Shows, yeah. So that's what a lot of people were going to say it was. Cause they're like, Oh dude, do the divide. It'll come down right, right down the center. And, and if it did, that would cue to me, this ball is, is, you know, made a little different because they're having to, you know, pop the two together, but it didn't. And so because it didn't, that told me, oh, this is a great ball. This is made amazingly that they could split the color and still have it perfectly balanced and that there's not going to be some weird crease in it. Because even when, when you see it cut open, you can see it's a very clean line, the, the right. crease. It's not at all off, which I was just like, wow, like props to trips on for that one. That was awesome. Yeah, that one that one was kind of neat to me. And then I you sort of think like though, if if you knew where that line was in your ball, like mm-hmm. every single ball is probably going to be different in the dozen, would oh, you think? One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think you know, because if it's not coming from the same batch and it's not stamped the same way, because I mean, if if you've watched videos of of you know, like like how it's made videos for golf balls, or if you've seen like um like sometimes companies will post promos like where they show the ball being made and stamped and stuff. It's rolling down that little conveyor. It's not going to be identical each ball. Right. And then, you know, they just get thrown in and, and packaged up. So so every ball is going to be a little different out of a set. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, it might be worth a few more yards if you knew exactly that, you know, that, that center line. point yeah. or that line, right? So, and then... Yeah, that's why I started checking them. It was kind of the same thing with, like, that tailor-made uh, line with, like, that has, like, that... F- I don't know what ball mm-hmm. it is, but it's got that fat one. Oh, I the stripe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... It's kind of good to see. I feel like I have one of those. Um, it looks like a mud ball when you hit it, though. Like when you hit one yeah. of those things, I have like one with a red red line on it. it. Looks like it's kind of it's kind of hard to when you actually like hit an iron shot with it. It just like it kind of messes with your mind a little bit. But it's uh, I guess it it works. The idea of you know line it up is kind of cool. But I found those to be pretty fascinating. That's when you and I first got chatting. Was I was like kind of like going through a whole rabbit hole on those, just going through the different balls <laughs> and like checking out all the different ones, but. I think being able to take that and, you know, translate that to golf clubs and all your background and stuff is really impressive. Are you, um, thank you. Are you looking to like bring just before we let you go, are you looking to bring like new materials to the golf space? Like, it sounds like obviously you have an engineering background. You've talked about the Mm -hmm. different, uh, materials, metals that are in that ball. I can't remember the name of it now, the Ativan ball, I think it is or something like that. So are you looking Mm -hmm. to introduce something new to the golf space or are you just trying to, kind of get in, get your feet wet with it and see where that goes. I mean, my, my goal is to, to change the game and and to make the game better. 
And so, you know, I definitely am kind of coming in with something new, uh, something different. And it definitely involves, you know, I've experimented with different materials from clubs. I've experimented with different, you know, um, a whole bunch of different things in, in the golf world. And, and so I, I told myself if I, if I was coming into golf, I wanted to come in and I wanted to make the game better because, you know, golf has given me such an amazing life and so many amazing opportunities and, and just has always been one of the things that I loved most and was my favorite thing to go out and do. And so coming into the golf world, I wanted to make something that would make other people feel that way. And so I, I, you know, I, when I came up with my design, I knew it needed to be something different, something that would help a lot of people and something that would bring a lot of new stuff in, into the golf world. I love that. That's a, that's a really great response. Cause I think there's so many things changing. I have a request. Can we, when we get these rollback, yeah. when we get these rollback golf balls out, can you, <laughs> can you cut a couple of these open and see what's going 100%, on? 100%. Yeah. Like I just, I 100%. don't understand what the difference is going to be internally, but with are just going to put a little piece of lead right in the center of the Yeah, court. it's got to be. I don't even know. Yeah, I've, I've done a bit of research on it, and, like, I can somewhat see where they're coming from with the rules change. I mean, golf has progressed so much. But I, at the same time, I, I totally understand it for the pro tour. I'm still trying to understand it a little bit more for the consumer. Well, it's just, like, how do we know, right? Like, how do we know? Yeah. What's that the Justin Thomas well, is not hitting a different ball than Tony Finau. One, you know, like how are right. we going to police that? How are we going to know? Like, my we, buddy who's a fitter for Taylor made gave me some. I'm not going to say his name, but he, because uh, <laughs> I don't know if he'll get in trouble. But he uh, he said that they already have full balls in production and ready to go. Like they have, and yeah. they said they're still like like it's not going to change. Like amateurs can, they're still going to make their normal balls, which I thought was I thought. A lot of the companies would have been pissed and said, "All right, we're just making this ball now." But apparently, that's not the case. So yeah, I think it's going to have a little growing period. I'm not yeah. sure the rule will stick, but I think it's definitely going to have a, a. I mean, you see yeah. online on social media, all the manufacturers kind of fighting back against it, and so it'll be interesting think, to see. I just don't think it'll matter. Like they say, they're doing five percent or whatever. It's just it's, yeah, guys are still going to hit it so far. It won't even do anything. Yeah, you tell yeah, me that by the time it hits. Sorry, go ahead, Katie. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, by the time it hits, the amount of yardage gained from equipment, you're not even going to lose yardage. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me that Patrick Reed's not going to be pulling some old Profi1X sleeves out of his bag or something like that. Some old old juice balls. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, there's always going to be like, is there... I don't know. Will there be like drama over speculation if somebody just starts in the ball further or something like that? It could be really just be based on equipment and stuff too, and it working better for their game or changing something. And and now all of a sudden somebody's hitting the ball further. I don't know. It's a really weird topic that we haven't really discussed yeah. much yet. It's obviously just come out last week. So I think uh, we got to get our hands on one of those somehow, like from the tour truck or whatever it is. If it's just going to be a professional golf and get you to cut one of those open and see if there's going to be any difference. I don't, I don't know. No, 100%. The second they come out, I'm hitting up anyone I know on a tour truck being like, can you send me one? I want to compare. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's stamped, you know, whatever, same as the normal one. Like, okay, let's actually see inside if it's really yeah. different or not. Jake's in there. Jake will swipe one for us. He's in the yeah, spots. He'll, 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 he'll grab one for us and we'll get it sent down to you. Love but it. Katie, this was awesome. Really appreciate your, your insight. Really oh, appreciate what you you're guys. doing yeah, for the game. Awesome. Like this is actually uh, a conversation where the, the golf game is changing 
because of what you're doing, which is really impressive. I, um, I appreciate that. Really looking forward to kind of seeing how this goes. Hopefully we can have you back on in the future as, as everything kind of yes. progresses and you, and you get more player testing out. And, and once you maybe drop your first line, maybe we can get you back on for a chat. I'd um, love to. Yeah. All the links for Katie are below club girl at club girl, Katie, I believe it is. Um, and then your personal page, um, go check it out, get in a rabbit hole like I've done. And then, I'll grab the link and we'll drop the uh, the link for the player testing. So if anybody's interested, perfect. We're gonna have this one out in a couple of days. So if anybody's interested, maybe they can fill out that information and uh, and send it over to you. Maybe uh, maybe get some awesome. people rolling the putts. Yes, definitely. We we definitely need more testers. So please, anyone who wants to, just fill out the link. Awesome, Katie. This was great. Enjoy. Uh, Thank enjoy you so the much, holiday yeah. season and all the uh, festivities that you're doing tonight. Sounds uh, sounds like a good time. Yeah, it should be good. You guys stay warm. He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up I lose the ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario